I'm your host, Bree. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Bree podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll spread my guest's bio, an intro on how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. I'm trying to quash my excitement because today we are joined by my guest, KB Brookins. KB, who uses they them pronouns, is a Black, queer, and trans writer, cultural worker, and artist from Texas. They authored, yes, wrote a book, How to Identify Yourself with a Wound, which is a Callisto Gaia Press 2022. Is this like an award you got? I'm so sorry. Was this yeah. Call- okay, we'll, we'll continue. Uh, they <laughs> A chat book that won the Segura Poetry Prize and an American Library Association Stonewall Honor Book in Literature. Freedom House, Deep Vellum 2023, a poetry collection recommended by Vogue and Autostraddle, among others. And Pretty, their forthcoming memoir. KB's writing is published in Poets.org, Teen Vogue, Poetry Magazine, and elsewhere. They are a 2023 National Endowment of the Arts Fellow. And I'll make sure they're included in the show notes, but you can follow them at Earth to KB. Hello. What is up? I feel feel like this is a full circle moment. Mm -hmm. Because because you were episode three when I first started this. I was actually just talking about this with the coworker today. Um, They're like, how long has your show been around? I was like, well, my child was born in 2014. No, 2019. I lied to you. 2019, I gave birth to this podcast. So oh my god four years ago now which is such a wild time to think that was four years ago because I feel like it was yesterday but I'm not that young anymore um <laughs> and so today I was driving around because I was on my calendar I was like you have a recording with KB today and I was like oh my god so much has happened in those four years KB is a published author of so many things poetry a book KB's getting married that's what got me I was like oh my god KB's getting married when I met KB, they were a young little babe moving <laughs> to Austin. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on. So I know today we're mostly talking about your book, but I also just wanted, sorry, books. And I know we're also talking about, I know I also want to talk about just like what that journey has been like becoming mm-hmm. published, because I think so many people think like you just write a book and then you get it published and that's it. And I'm like, no there's things that happen um but then also just talking about your journey and your updates and your upcoming wedding in a month which is in i can't even put into words but yeah just you know this is this is just brianna and kb are going to chat and brie's going to be in awe of kb changing over the last four years thank you so much 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot there. Um, definitely, like, in 2019, I feel like we both probably were different people in the sense that we did not, like, you know, we did not know what was going to happen the next year. I feel right. like that, like, changed everybody's lives. We both have been kind of, like, traveled, right? Like, you moved and then came back and then, mm -hmm. like, also have had, like, some markers happen for you as well. So, you know, the the ideal situation is that as you get older, things change and things change in a good way as in you get more clarity on who you are. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. So give give the people the updates because you're right. I, I moved. We're calling it the six-month sabbatical. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I moved away from Texas for six months. Um, and actually, a lot of people ask me about this and I feel like I should probably do a Brie update episode about this but a lot of people have been asking how I've gotten to the point in my life of like following my own knowing and mm -hmm. like I was talking to a coworker about this today I was like I have gotten to a point in my life where I really don't care if I'm liked or not like my mm -hmm. goal in life is to like make an impact in a positive way I go to therapy, so I cause the least amount of harm possible while also working through my healing. Um, mm -hmm. And then just to live a life that is good enough for me. And so I think that comes with old age. <laughs> she says that she's 33. Um, <laughs> or getting older, I guess I should say. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder what your journey has looked like. Because I feel like when I met you, you were 25? Four. I um yeah we're four years we're four years apart no. so i turn i turn 28 in two weeks so then you were 24 turning 25 no you were 24 holy shit yeah you were an infant um because i was oh my gosh. 2018 when i met you i was 28 mm -hmm. i feel like you were younger i'm sorry y'all i can't do math anyway we were <laughs> we were the ages we were we're not mm -hmm. what we are now um and yeah, I just want to know what the last four years, well, really what the last, you know, what the your journey in Austin has looked like for you. Because I feel like, I feel like Austin has changed. I feel like the queer community in Austin has changed. Obviously, we have changed. We've changed jobs, all the things. So yeah, yeah just, yeah, I want to know what that, that journey for your own change and then also how the book came to be. Because I feel like the book is a collection of your experiences. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so four years that's long that's like a high school you know situation where like you will have graduated yeah and like you... I think of those four years like the last four years it's like kind of that trajectory where like it's like you're a freshman in high school you have all of these like ideas about like what a what high school is going to be like like I had all these ideas on like what Austin was going to be like and like quickly those things are upended right you get uncomfortable because you're in a new place and like you also like I think I like saw a lot of things kind of reflected at me of like, okay, this is what I don't want. This is what I want. And I mean, I was single when I moved to Austin in 2018 when I did. And I think around the time that I met you was when I was like already here for like a number of months. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been a journey. I mean, in that time I uh, started, you know, medical medically transitioning and that's definitely been a journey especially a journey like in the wake of a pandemic um I started to really like grow roots in Austin in the sense that I like started some of my own things 
um, collaborated with others to start things and also just like got to know what it's like to be like a queer adult in like this uh, supposedly queer city. Learned a lot about like what, like what like being in a liberal city, quote unquote, like actually like means on a day-to-day basis. Um, especially like a like majority kind of white one, um, a little bit different than like where I come from at least. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of things. And I mean, also like met the love of my life who I am um, marrying in a month and some change. So lots of things has changed. I think like the through line through all of those things really has been like solidifying what it is that I want to do and not being like afraid to name what I want. Since 2020 rolled around and I was just like, well, the whole world can So why am I doing shit that I don't want to do? Right. Like, why am I like wasting my time around people that I don't want to be around? Um, mm-hmm. Why am I like continuing to try to like push myself in the direction of a, of a job that I don't actually like really want. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I had all of these ideas about like what's practical and what's not like, I've always been a writer or at least I've been a writer since I was in high school but I didn't really come to think of writing as like my job, quote unquote, or mm-hmm. like a real like thing that I could pursue. But um, around, you know, I think like exacerbated by a pandemic, it really put my back against the wall in a way where I'm like, well, what would I really be doing if I like if things were in my control? Well, I would be a writer. So I think I owe it to myself to like go all in on that. Um, and since I've gone on all in on that, I it's become very clear for me that I can't turn back. Like, I'm like, I'm really going to have to like fall flat on my ass for me to like quit at this point. Um, My first book came out in 2022, um, How to Identify Yourself as a Wound. And very much I like wrote that time in the earlier days. I wrote that book in the time um, that I had just moved to Austin, like 2018 slash 2019. And there's always like a lag between like when you write it and when it gets published. So like, it was kind of like seeing an earlier version of myself with all of these questions about gender, all of these questions about like personhood and all of these questions about like my um, hometown and what it means to like be in this new place and feeling like I had to like remove myself from my hometown in order to be myself really and figure out who like KB is um, and quite literally like change my name. Like I did all of that in that time. Um, so I think of that book as like my, my like, what is everything book and freedom house which is my book that came out in june of this year is i think a book that shows the confidence that's happened since like 2019 most of that book was written in 2021 um and also shows a development of my writing like on a craft level i think i'm just like i mean a better writer i don't think like my first book is bad I think it is like you've just evolved. Yeah, every book that I put out, I want to be like a show of like, oh, this person's getting better. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I want to move through life, right? I want to be mm-hmm. a better person than I was like yesterday, last year, whatever. So I also want to be a better writer in that way. Um, I think it's a book where I'm like being very audacious with the things I say and like not being at all like timid with like my politics, like I believe in these sort of sort of things. Um, this is what community means to me. Like if we actually lived in a free world, this is what I would want it to look like. Like I'm just like naming those things. And also freedom to me has been like being able to be myself 
on a um, gender level and I like talk in like kind of detail what a, a medical transition has looked like in that book. I'm talking about that experience as a black trans masculine person, which is different, I think, than that of like the majority narrative that is out right now, which is like a white trans man one. Um, and talking about like the experience of like people seeing me as like a black girl and now being seen as a black man and like not having the experience of like a black boyhood and like not also knowing how actually like violently people see like black men um and I've talked to like other like black trans men and black trans masculine people about this and I'm like damn I really wish somebody like gifted me a book or something like while I was like going through this process like especially the first two years because then I would have like been able to um expect it so the book is also like me kind of detailing what that's looked like and also how like I had to shed myself of these ideas that I'm ever going to be like, quote unquote, normal. It's just like not an aspiration for me um, anymore. I can't say that it like wasn't always like I think it's natural when you're a kid, when you're an adolescent to want to fit in. Right. You don't want to be the odd one out. But I have always been the odd one out even now like that. I like mostly blend in with like guys I'm like. Well, as soon as I take my shirt off, as soon as I don't like pantomime toxic masculinity, I'm outing myself and I just mm-hmm. got to like be cool with not adhering to these random things that we made up one day, like about like what is masculine, what is feminine, what is like acting like a girl versus acting like a boy. And also like the world is not ever going to really see me how I want to be seen, which is a question mark. So I'm going to embrace like the people that do see me in the way that I want to be seen. Um, So I talk a lot about like the importance of like community and the people that I've come to like call my family in um, Austin. Yeah. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. (laughs) No, you're fine. I'm literally trying to sit here and not cry. That's why I'm like, really quiet Mm -hmm. I mean like oh sorry go ahead no no you're fine I am emotional because it's like (laughs) to have like watched you since 2018 so that's five years um and what your growth has been like and now because I I remember when we first met and obviously like you've always been who you are but I think what you've gone through since moving here and seeing you now and just like literally sitting here and be like you wrote the book you needed mm-hmm. and like that saying of like be who you needed when you were younger I'm like KB is now that example for young black masculine queer folks who are trying to figure out that step and like being able to now be able like someone can gift your book to someone and just thinking about that I'm like holy shit like it's it's just wild of like how how life happens and how you know I, I don't know I'm just I'm always just in awe of my friends especially when they do like such momentous shit like that but we also just like I don't think a lot of us understand the momentous things we do because it's just what we do like I tell people all the time like I just I feel like no one pays attention to me like I just do shit and then people are like no like take a minute, take it in. And so I'm just, I'm just taking a minute to take in what you've done. I'm just like literally in awe of you. And I just wanted to be emotional and say that. 
Um, and I mean, likewise, I appreciate about you your like willingness to just be like, I'm gonna do this shit and then like actually do it. Like it's one thing to have all of these like aspirations of like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna move, I'm going to start a podcast, I'm going to like I like that you never ask for permission. You're just like, I'm gonna do mm -hmm. it. And then like if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like you're not afraid of that, you know, like thing. Um, because mm -hmm. I think I was especially just like drenched in all of these like what ifs mm -hmm. for a long time, like too long really in my life where I'm like, what will my family think? What will, you know, the people that I call my friends right now think? What what if I don't like it? And like so many things in the world perpetuate that, um, especially as it pertains to transness. Like they are waiting on you to regret it. Like mm. um bigots and transphobes and um yeah it's just so much in the world I think that like pushes you away from actually like doing what you want to do um and I like you know coming across people in Austin that are just like okay but I have to be myself like regardless of like yeah I know that it'll give me like a level of unsafety I know it'll give me like a margin of like failure but like if I don't risk failure then I'm just never going to be happy right so it took meeting people like you and people like Rocky and people like like so many people that we both know um to I think make me brave enough to take some like necessary steps mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you a little bit I think you're always brave <laughs> I think you just needed the push to be braver yeah because, I mean, even knowing you when you first moved here, like, and I, this is why I tell people, like, the reason why I think I was, like, so obsessed with, like, being your friend when we first met is because you were just so unapologetically, like, no, this is me, and I will be in your face about it, and I don't care that I'm 24 and I or 25, and I feel like I know everything. And it was just, like, your energy <laughs> was just, like, no, like, this is what you're going to get, and you're either going to like it or you're not, but I am here. And I was, like, my people, like, <laughs> let's hang out and like let's do this and it's just yeah I think it's just and I, I think about too like the black queer community here and like I was mm -hmm. talking to I had a guest on last week um who founded the black queer women's alliance and so mm -hmm. she and I were talking about like blackness and queerness in Austin and she's mostly based in Georgetown but we were having this conversation of like the the intersection of being black and queer in a predominantly white city and how mm -hmm. I think the queer black community in Austin is so entangled because I think we know what it's like to be the only one. And so I feel like this is probably one of the most, I mean, to be fair, like I've only lived in Connecticut and here, but I mean, I've obviously traveled and done things with my life, but just thinking about like why I moved back was because I missed that level of community. Even when like you're not out doing things, even if it's just like, a podcast or someone calling you or someone thinking about you like you feel so connected to us and so I think mm -hmm. about that too of like the work that the black queer community has done not only like our like group but like people who have come before us and like the youth that are coming up now of like the work that mm -hmm. we've done to make this city as safe as we possibly can for queer black people mm -hmm. um but then just also like just building connection because like even if you don't know someone like I'd never feel like hesitant to go up and talk to like a black queer person at an event and be like hi I don't know you <laughs> but I feel like we need to and and just seeing where that goes yeah 
And I try not to take that for granted when I'm in other places. I'm in L.A. right now. And, of course, like, at places like L.A. and New York and whatever are seen as, like, these, like, you know, grass is greener type places. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm in these places, you know, not to shit talk to them at all, but I think sure. it's, like, not quite the level of urgency because they're not under the pressures that we're on under like it's just so much cool underground shit happening in austin to me right we got the black queer women alliance which did not exist when i first moved here um we had we have a pride in black um which i'm glad like it was like a moment where it was like oh dang we don't have like another black queer organization because the one that we had um, kind of went under but like very quickly I think the community kind of came together yeah. um, and was like no we're not going to let this shit die which like there's just that like hunger for community and that like necessity of like okay even if we like for real don't all get along because it's just impossible um, amongst queer and trans people because you know people be catty it's whatever but mm-hmm. like I think we know how important it is so we don't take it for granted like when we do see each other I think people are also like nice you know like I say all of this I will talk a whole bunch of shit about Austin you know but I also think I give the city a lot of credit for just like finally being like a place where I felt like I could be that like true authentic self and Mm -hmm. like make that self like I don't know. Now I go back home and I'm like not at all scared, you know, in a way that I used to be in the way that I was when I was a kid. I'm just like, literally, this is who I am. And like, you're just gonna have to deal with it. I also can like pack the fuck up and be back in Austin in three hours. So right. I'm gonna disown you. Like, if you act up, it ain't gonna be no disowning me because I'm a grown ass adult. And like, I am just gonna be who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Some a friend of mine moved from Austin to D.C., and she's trying to move back and she's a black mm-hmm. woman. Um, she's not queer, but we've been talking about this. Um, about mm-hmm. her moving back and and talking about the again, like you were just saying, like I have a lot of issues with the city. Austin is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> it I think it's gotten to a place where, like you're saying, I feel like I can show up authentically in any place that I go. And, you know, right now I I just accepted a job where I'm the director of development at a nonprofit preschool mm-hmm. and me, I'm one of the only black people on staff. I think we have like three or four. Um, mm-hmm. And so we've been, my executive director and I have been talking about this, like as a queer black woman, I talk about this often because it's predominantly teachers, obviously on our staff. Um, but we have a couple of like queer people and trans people who are on our staff. And she and I constantly talk about like, Austin is this bubble right like people think that like it's liberal and progressive and I'm like but that does not mean like Mm anti-racist everything else like we need to it's a yes and or a yes but and so I've been asking her those questions because we're doing some DEI initiatives and I'm like but how are we protecting our queer and trans teachers if someone who is against queer and trans people come in here you know if, mm-hmm. if texas goes the way of florida like talking about that too and and you know i think living in austin and being connected to those communities and and being you know an activist and advocate in those spaces i think it has helped all of us learn how to advocate for ourselves and others in other spaces and and has made austin a better city for like you're saying i remember when we first met i remember the first time 
I heard you read your poetry and I was like, fuck, do I have these emotions? <laughs> Are these feelings? Do am I moved? Um and yeah. now to like I remember when you first said you wanted to write a book and I was like, yeah, no, do it. That makes sense. Like, what are we talking about? So, no, no, again, just, I think I, I'm just, I just need, this is mostly just to be me an episode of BB. I'm like, wow, my friend is fucking cool, dude. Um, <laughs> and just, yeah, as just, you are. Oh, please. I don't, that's okay. We don't need to, <laughs> sorry. My therapist tells me I have to say, thank you. I accept that. But we're not talking about me right now. We're working on accepting compliments this year. It's been a well, that's a that's a circle back. That's a post recording conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the journey to get published. Like what what did mm-hmm. that look like? Like I've been talking to I you know, in the last couple of years I've had you, my friend Sam, my friend Elise, and a couple other friends who have like written books and gotten published. And mm-hmm. it's different for each person, but I think a lot of people you know have stories they want to share like can you tell us tell us tell me about your experience of what it was like to write your two books and get them published yes um you're right and like it being different for everybody I mean on one end I could say short answer hot mess on another end I could elaborate which is it's even been different for different books so my first book um had Identify, which came out last year. I mean, I wrote most of it in 2018 and 2019. I sent it out to like, I mean, there are kind of like two lanes with which you could go. You could self-publish and you could also publish through a press. I decided to publish through a press because I knew that I wanted help with like marketing, publicity, the literal like, you know, printing of the book, um, and also I wasn't in a place where I could like, you know, just be out here touring with it. So like, I needed help, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I probably on and off for a year was sending the book out to presses. Um, first time I sent it out, it was like, oh, you was almost a semifinalist. I'm like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a couple other times I like made semifinalists, finalists for some things. Um, probably around the seventh time that I sent it to a press, I like won this prize. Um, so Callisto Gaia Press, which is a press based in Austin, um, an independent press, mm-hmm. uh, has this contest that they do every year called the Saguaro Poetry Prize. Um, and it gives you like, uh, when I did it, it was 1200 bucks, And then like they publish your book. Um, so luckily I ended up winning that prize. I think it it was like exactly where I wanted it to be in the sense that like I'm writing a book about growing up in Texas. I'm writing a book about like queerness and transness in Texas. So like I think it made sense to be with a Texas press. Um, that book came out. I like signed a contract um, in 2021. The book came out in 2022. Um, in between that time, it was like editing. I'm kind of making my own social media plan. So like usually when you go with an independent press, right, they're not going to have the same capacity as like penguin random house you know like a large moneyed press um Mm -hmm. so there were a lot of things that I had to do myself um and in 2022 for most of the year I was like a full-time writer so I organized my own tour I did a lot of my own social media campaigns I got a lot of my own interviews and reviews the press sent it to a couple of awards one of them being uh, the American Library Association Stonewall Awards for LGBTQ plus writers. Um, I was really happy when it made 
um, honor book, which is like their equivalent of a finalist, because um, it's a 30 page book, you know, and I was going up against for that award, like people who wrote 300 page novels. So I'm like, maybe the poems is popping. I don't know. <laughs> you can't say um, Maybe they popping up. Maybe, maybe I filled. I don't know. You're such um, a ver- such a virgin. Uh, never change. <laughs> never change. Oh uh, man, but yeah, it was a hard year in the sense that like people think um, publishing a book is gonna be like, oh, I published a book and that's it, and then it's like, no, the next step is getting it in people's hands, mm-hmm. which is like you gotta basically you know jump through hoops because of the attention economy. It's so hard to gain people's attention online especially because a whole bunch of shit going through your algorithm going through your feed all the time so I had to that book really taught me like what do I need to do to stand out um that answer changes every day depending on the news cycles depending on um what's changing in the book publishing landscape um like for instance like it's like you can do traditional reviews like you know you you get your book reviewed in a magazine and you can send your book um, to a book talker now because book talk is like a really big thing sure. so you know the the game changes as time changes so I think that book taught me a lot um second book um it came out a couple months ago wrote most of that book in summer of 2021 um that book is different in the sense that I did not like send to a press a press reached out to me and those kinds of things happen right when you're uh out here grinding and I was grinding <sighs> really really hard we need to pause <laughs> not you were pursued for a book I'm trying to rush over that fact okay we can go back I just I just wanted to take a minute and acknowledge that they said yo they hit your line that's all okay well, continue continue um so my my second book is with D Vellum Publishing they are based out of Dallas Texas so also a local press but a bit bigger you know um and the editor Sebastian Paramo shout out to him um who is also a great poet um reached out to me and asked like hey you got anything ready and I'm like well so happens that I've been writing this book uh so I send it over you know and we go back and forth for like editing it and and sign a contract and um yeah that that process was a bit different in the sense that they like had more staff, right? So it was like a publicist mm-hmm. um, that they had on staff. Shout out to Walker um, and um, Cassie. Uh, they're like freelance publicists at the time. And also I got my friend Jazz, who you referenced as my assistant um, earlier, uh, which is like, I don't know. I was like, I can't organize a tour myself anymore. That shit was very hard. And also I'm about to be in school. So I got one of my friends, you know, to agree to assist me with things like administrative tax and touring. So this book has been different in the sense that, you know, I was working maybe a little less hard, but still very, very hard um, because this book is not 30 pages. It's like 96. So it's a longer book. I'm like rolling with the big dogs is eligible for way more awards. So like we're trying to send it out as much as possible. We're going to, we're trying to move as many books as possible because the book that you have out selling well is going to set you up like well for the next book, mm-hmm. whatever that book ends up being. If you're trying to go the press route, like I did. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah um i'm kind of you know still on the marketing and promotion thing for this book it, it matters a lot um, when people buy the book from bookstores when people request it at their local libraries um and when they buy it like from deep vellum it like helps them out it helps me out um and my next book is coming out next year um is a see, memoir see mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah. um yeah, that is going to be with Alfred A. Knopf, um, which is a dream, dream press for me. I'm really excited about it. I can't say too much about it, but um, it's going to be a memoir and it's going to be me, you know, talking about the things that I've already brought up. Right. What is it like to be black and trans in this time um, of anti-transness? Right. What it's like to um, encounter how U.S. politics kind of like impacts our everyday lives, like the lives of people that I've like come to know throughout my lifetime and also me. Um, it's gonna be like, you know, some some juicy hot gossip. Um, I don't know. So really every book has been different. Um, and every book has taught me something really about myself and also about the publishing industry. Um, but yeah, that's my story. Um, yeah, I'll pause there. <laughs> oh my gosh y'all can't see Bree's face <laughs> but Bree is making a face just know that she's extra it's fine. <laughs> I'm just wow I don't know did y'all's friend write a book I'm just saying I'm sorry three, <laughs> three books talk to me when, you're, when your friends uh, have written three books Ooh, I just turned in my memoir like two weeks ago so it's very fresh oh my gosh no, I'm really excited for you. That's so exciting. That's mm, wow. I can't wait to be. Mm, I'm gonna start a book club just to read this book for everybody. <laughs> like, oh, uh, wow. book of the month. Maybe I'll start a book of the month. Mm, a, that'd uh, be cool. In what spare time? Then I say that I'm like, ah, oh, Brianna. <laughs> <laughs> I barely have time to edit this podcast now, which I have to, not the point. Focus, Brie. Um. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh. So okay. Publishing. Mm-hmm. To- tour are you touring right now are you taking your breaks i know you're in la will mm-hmm. there be will there be more tours coming up i'll be sure to link all the things in the show notes so people can find you but yes if you go to earth to kb.com slash tour 2023 you'll see my upcoming dates um about to announce basically all of my fall dates pretty soon um if you don't want to like you know stalk my website you can also follow me on social media um, which will be in the show notes, but it's also just Earth 2KB. Yeah, no, we're not wrapping up. I just wanted to make sure people knew. <laughs> of course, of course. That, you know, they can just, you know, <laughs> scroll on through and find it. <laughs> um, the last thing I want to talk about, this is why we can't hang mm-hmm. up yet. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Is you're getting married. It is true. In a month. Mm-hmm. To one of my personal favorite Virgos. Well, that's interesting because I'm also a Virgo. I know. I'd like I, to know where I stand. I said what up. I said. <laughs> wow. I didn't say my only. I said one of my personal favorites. Okay. That did not not include you. I'm just saying, yeah. Gabby is for sure. Mm-hmm. Top five, top five favorite Virgo. That's a. Yeah, I gotta go through that list. I got. I know. <laughs> I know a lot of Virgos. I sit here and think about my five. 
I gotta know anything about it. But yeah, no, top five. Okay, but you're getting married to a Virgo, which mm-hmm. I find two Virgos getting married interesting. Already <laughs> fascinating. I haven't done mm-hmm. both y'all's full charts, but I am intrigued to see how this is mm-hmm. going Um, I just, as a person who witnessed the beginning of y'all's relationship, it is mm-hmm. an honor to one have witnessed, but two to not be invited to your wedding, where I'm going to cry for sure. <laughs> um, what 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 was that like to find? The love of your life, I feel like right as the pandemic was hitting. Yep. Because you had met Gat. I think you all met in 2019. You didn't start dating until 2020. You had gotten surgery. You had gotten top surgery. Mm-hmm. And now you're getting married. I'm like, life yeah. is wild. Well, it was even wilder. We actually met in 2020. So um, she came to a show that I used to host called Interfaces. In February, that was the last in-person show that we had. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and I met her there. She was like friends with my other friend Althea. Shout out to them. Um, and we didn't even really talk like the first day that we met. I'm pretty sure you were there too. I was there, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of like a high and by because I was like stacking chairs and shit. Like mm-hmm. I was a little busy. Um, but we like just kept seeing each other that same week. Um, and eventually I was like, I need to stop being weird and just like go up to her and talk to her. Um, and yeah, we like started hanging out and then like maybe three weeks into that, it was like, girl, the world is ending. (laughs) Um, so there's that. And I don't know, we kind of just decided like, it was like, oh, well, should we just stop seeing each other or like, should we continue to hang out? But like make a little pie. We decided on the ladder and You know, I got to learn a lot about her pretty quickly because it's like, well, I'm not hanging out with a whole bunch of other people. The people I'm hanging out with are like in single digits because I'm not trying to die from a deadly disease that I don't know shit about. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's been so interesting. It's taught me a lot about love. Um, I met her like, I think, right when I was supposed to. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That's... Of course, my fiance, I can say a lot of things about her, but you know, I don't, I don't know if we want to turn this into, you know, the Gabby episode. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, she top five, I'm just saying. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm just, yeah, I think it's also been, I, again, I think about when I met you in 2014. No, what am I talking about? In 2018, <laughs> the four mm-hmm. threw me off. That four is really fucking up my brain today. In 2018, when you moved here and mm-hmm. were very single, you're like, I'm gonna just be single and chill forever. And I was like, okay. And mm-hmm. now to look at you now. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're getting married. They're having a wedding that I'm excited about. That's gonna be very queer. There's a mm-hmm. there's a color theme I need people to understand that. <laughs> at me that I was like of course two Virgos getting married of course there's instructions um yep. and like a and a dress code um yeah it's okay. loose we're like wear what you want just if you'd like you to want me to pull up that email right now because that, like like that did not seem like a suggestion it was like yo hoes these are the colors you need to roll up in <laughs> or oh else you ain't getting it that's what I got that's what I got and I was like oh let me let me hit that Hit that mall. Let me hit that. <laughs> <laughs> hit them sales and figure out an outfit. Cause 
Uh, if my look if my look ain't up to par. Not a queer wedding, not me. Mm-mm. During Virgo season, mm, not I. You know, it's the day after Virgo. Season I was just saying, like, exactly. I think it's not. I think it's when Libra season starts, actually. But for sake of story, mm-hmm. here we are. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, well, again. So I'm so freaking excited for you both. Yeah, and... we're excited to have all of our friends in one place. It'll be interesting. A little friend and family too. Not to make it about me, low key insult you and ask me to officiate. I'm gonna let it go one day. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's fine. It's, we'll talk offline. Okay, great. I'll wrap this recording right now. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be sure to link everything in the show notes. As always, you're always welcome back whenever you want. Maybe we'll do a little. Once I've read all three of your books, we'll have a little discussion for the right. for the kids. Um, as you know, at the end of every episode, I, li- I like to ask a final question. And that question is, what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you'd give to your younger self? Mm. It's very stereo. Like, it's maybe a little cliche. But I remember hearing this quote once. It's like, uh, why would you say that you know the sky is the limit when there are footprints on the moon um and i think i resonated with that and still resonate with that in the sense that like there have been a lot of people throughout my life i think that have like tried to like push me away from like what i want like what i want out of gender what i want out of my you know writing what i want out of my relationships and like kind of told me to settle And I think it's good to be in a place where I'm surrounded by people like you and my fiance and my friends that have pushed back so much on like the barriers given to them. Um, As a black trans person, I'm, I'm told constantly by my city, my country, um, a lot of bigots like not to do certain things, but I do them anyway, because I have like a, a group of people around me that like like positive examples of people pushing like forward um and doing what they want so i don't know i really love you and i love you know all of the people around me that have given me like an example of better and i've been blessed to have better and with my words And with anything else that I do, my goal is to make sure that others know that they can also ask for and receive better. And until everybody can say, I am living the life that I want to live, you know, there's work to be done. I love you too. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at theteawithbrie at gmail.com or visit the website theteawithbriepodcast.com. You can find me, your host, Brianna Jenkins, on Instagram at Brianna Jenkins. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I will catch you next time. Bye.